0: What is your mind? How it develops? And what does it do? How can you be well in your mind? In other words, how can you preserve or regain your mental health? And I'm going to refresh your mind a little bit. And I'll say that when you were born, you had no mind, just a pure brain, a brilliant creation that we simply don't understand, a piece of white flesh populated by a hundred billion neurons. A hundred billion brilliant neurons that, as soon as you're born, started to wire themselves and create connections, which we call neural pathways, connections that started immediately after your senses started to, to capture information through sight, hearing, smell, taste, and touch. Now, every piece of information you collected in life has connected two or more neurons and created this alleys of knowledge, which in time formed your memory or what we call your database. Now, this memory is the largest part of your mind and works alongside all of your other mental health processes like perception, thinking, attention, concentration, speech, uh, motivation, volition, creativity, imagination, and so on. Everything, all these mental processes do, it is stored in the memory. And it's very important to understand that the memory only works by addition and extraction and not through deletion. In other words, you add continuously to your memory and you extract data from your memory of the past that you need right now in the present moment. but you cannot delete your memory. Even when someone develops a neurocognitive condition like Alzheimer's, like Parkinson's, multiple sclerosis, or Huntington's disease, they do not really lose their memory per se. The physical brain becomes impaired and the mental processes suffer, like struggling to extract data from the memory, but the memory itself is not affected. People can still remember, later on, various aspects from their past. why is this relevant? Well, it is very important to understand that once you've captured some information, it stays there for as long as you live. So you need to be very careful to what events and experiences you expose yourself to, because not only that you will live with that, but it can also be transferred genetically to the next generations. This is very relevant in the case of Thomas, for example, where Painful memories can come back into the conscious mind through our life and and affect our mental health, and we will cover this soon. For now, let's say a few words about the other mental health processes. Perception, it's a very subjective experience, and it is related to how we orientate ourselves into the physical world and how we make sense of the reality of this world and our internal world. Attention and concentration are specific to our genetic makeup, uh, to our education and the environment around us. They can be enhanced through regular practice and through awareness, but they can also be diminished in stressful or in, in challenging circumstances. Now, language or speech are very much dependent on your programming and social conditioning. If you are born in Somalia, you will speak Somali. If you are born in uh, Iran, you will speak Farsi. If you are born in South America or Spain, you will most likely speak Spanish. However, you exist beyond this mother tongue limitation because your mind has the ability to learn different new languages and expand on this first one too. Motivation and volition are two mental processes that can also be nurtured. They are essentially in performance, in setting goals and achieving them, and they contribute to a sense of fulfillment and happiness in life. Creativity is a mental process that connects you with your hidden resources within a dimension that transcends the limitations of this physical realm and the limitations of your mental programming. And imagination is the mental processes it's still mediated by the memory, as we cannot really imagine something that is not somehow related to other type of information already existing in us, information that we have experienced before. But imagination is generally future-oriented, as opposed to memory, which is the container of the past. Now, I left thinking at the end because it is a very important mental process. It's, it's a process that is helpful in every aspect of life. However, if it's managed poorly, thinking can become overthinking and it can incapacitate your life. It is then vital to develop a mindful practice and to become the observer of your mind, in particular, the observer of your thinking, to realize that, if you can observe your thoughts, if you can become aware of your thoughts, that you cannot be your thoughts, you are much more than this programmed mind. And only in that space of presence and awareness, you are in charge with your life and you regain control of your well-being. So we've seen that your mind is only a program installed on your pure brain. We agree that your memory is the mental process that is mediating all of the other mental processes and your entire mental activity. You read about your three entangled minds. So today you are experiencing life beyond your initial mind, which is the program downloaded in you by the family, school and culture, which I call the tunnel mind. And by now, you know that you have the choice to expand your mental activity through neuroplasticity. You have the ability to populate other areas of your brain and to create a new, a fresh mind, your choice mind, like the village mind, I call it. And this is a mind that is more aligned with your wishes, with your aspirations, with your desires. This mind is positive. It's more self-accepting. It's full of love, of care, compassion, and gratitude. And you are starting to learn to let your brain function on different wavelengths, and allow the mind to access different levels of consciousness and this way, with non-attachment to desire, objects and people, you free yourself from the self-diminishing, self-sabotaging and the negative pressure of the program mind and you tap into pure liberation, into conscious awareness and presence. Now let's have a look at what it means to be in good mental health. Is your mental health dependent on your mind only, meaning on this program installed on your brain, or there are other factors that contribute to your mental health and mental illness. Firstly, your mental space is influenced by your bodily functions. Physical pain or illness can bring fearful thoughts and some unpleasant feelings. So keeping the body in good shape is essential for your mental health. Secondly. It's the energy inside of you and around you that can impact your mental functioning. And you can probably recall a time when someone entered the space you found yourself in and you experienced the feeling of contraction and not expansion and openness to life. You know, the energy or the soul, the spirit, the the source of life, the, the universe or whatever you want to call it, is the host of your emotions. And they are not isolated because a hurtful emotion, you know this very well, can bring unsettling thoughts and even physical pain. The third factor that can impact your mental health is the outer environment. The people around us, the weather, the ecosystem, the energies of the universe, the world systems and institutions that I mentioned before. These are all forces external to you, outside of your control, but they can put a lot of pressure on you. You need to learn to develop strong boundaries of self to make sure that you do not allow the external world to enter your internal space because this way that will tamper with your inner experience. What is clear and widely accepted these days is that the mind, the body and the soul are absolutely inseparable and you need to consider them as being part of a whole being if you want to make progress in your self discovery, in your healing, in your personal growth.